Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Always an honor to spend it with you right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. Susie Sockets is in the house. Yeah, what up, Frank and Greg? Big Daddy Greg Ovis. What's up, baby? What's up? Let's bow to the trumpets, people. Ha <laughs> ha! The Budos Band out of Staten Island always giving you some good vibes on a Wednesday or a Saturday or a Sunday, whether you're listening from Canada, Poland, Tempe, Arizona, or where? We've had, we got people from all over, Greg. All over the place. All over. California. Actually, truthfully, I checked recently, like I don't because I may not care too much, <laughs> but I do check our podcast statistics. And? I do that maybe once or twice a year. <laughs> We got people from Europe. Nice. Germany, London, all of you. So thank you. Das Wieden Woden European. Yes, thank you. <laughs> if you're new to the show, man, we're an automotive lifestyle show. However, the last couple shows, including this, has been consumer special edition. Which is very important. It is. A lot of you getting ready to get some buku money back for taxes. Buku. Or not. <laughs> or not. Right. My daughter, who's a school teacher, big shout out to Victoria. She got her taxes, right? The accountant, and she's expecting. Last year, she got a little kickback. That's Good. how they make you think you got a kickback. I didn't get a kickback. That's my money. Give it back to me. <laughs> uh, but she ends up having to pay this year. Oh, wow. Which I feel, I feel bad for teachers that way. I know. There should be a clause. No teacher should pay taxes. I'm going to get hate on that. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. They don't get paid enough to begin with. That's right. Give me that fringe benefit, <laughs> federal government. But yeah, a lot of you getting ready, um, you will get your taxes. Uh, some of you filing fast and furious. You've got an agenda. Some of you want to buy furniture. Some of you got a hole in the roof. You got to fix your roof. And some of you just need to get caught up on maintenance for your vehicular situation. Mm -hmm. Your vehicle has to be on the list. I think so, but some people, to. some people don't want to see us. Nope. <laughs> they don't look at Frank and Susie or Greg or you, my fellow shop owner. They don't see you. All they see is a big suction cup of dollars. <laughs> I believe that. Well, that's how you feel when you go in. Like I said, you'd rather get your teeth pulled. Go see a dentist. <laughs> That's a no, for sure. But on today's show, we want to continue the theme. Last week, we talked about how to find a mechanic, what to do in those certain situations, why price, you got to be careful. Yep. On this edition, a lot of you are hearing about fluids, not your bodily, Ew. your vehicular. <laughs> wow. I don't even know what to say about that. Vehicularly speaking... Some of you have been told, well, you need your fluids flushed. That is a true statement. Well, I mean, it's like a teeth cleaning, mm -hmm. right? You're going into dentist. Well, come on, how many of you guys go into the dentist and don't brush your teeth? You all do that. <laughs> Even if you're lazy brusherers. <laughs> Brushers. You make it your business. So I, I have an analogy to that. If you go see your local mechanic, please put gas in your vehicle. Right? Oh, that's a big one. Susie, how many times you get it and, and you get... And the technician says, oh, I got to drive 10 miles because it only happens on the freeway, you know, 20 minutes into the drive. Yeah. And it comes in on empty. Yep. You guys really hate mechanics. <laughs> yeah. Because then, then you got to make that phone call. You got to. And then you add it. Yep. N now, we're not going to be like the boat marina and charge you five times <laughs> right. as much. <laughs> Those boat marinas or, cash in. They cash in. 
Or like, uh, you know, the rental car joint. Right. But anyway, we're going to go through um, how to handle these fluids and these maintenance items. We are actually going to break down each fluid, Susie, from engine oil to power steering wow. to antifreeze, coolant, differential fluid. We're going we're gonna to kind of keep this really basic because I know a lot of you, we don't want to get technical. Because we can't either. We're not going to do it. <laughs> um, we're not engineers. But we want to explain it to you in a way where you truly understand it. And then more importantly, sort of give you an idea of what sky could fall and like on you if you don't get it done. And how you can wait. I think a lot of you want to know. Frank, do I need this today? Susie in the garage, we always did that. We, we, we let like you, we advise you decide. Absolutely, you have to. But if it was safety, we're going to be heavy on our advisement. Yeah, right. So we're going to go through fluids and maintenance and all this goings-ons. Greg, you had a busy week. Uh, what kind of eye candy did you see in the classic vehicular antiquity market? Well, it was a great weekend. Um, you know, the concourse in the hills, out in Fountain Hills. I missed you. I, we, you and I didn't. We didn't have a studio out there, but I missed. I yeah. went out. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, you were there for a little bit. I were there, you know, and I, I, I figured, okay, you, you're tired of seeing me. I was going to try to find you. <laughs> but when you get out there, it's big. It is big. But it was, for, fortunately for me, it was the first time I was able to bring my car out there. So. Oh, you actually brought your car? Yeah, I brought my car. Oh, I brought nice. my 54. Uh, Tell the people about your car. I think that was episode oh. 150. Yeah, well, I have a very rare 1954 Chevrolet Classic, one of one, custom built. And uh, it's been considered lost or stolen for all these years or destroyed. And I actually acquired it a few years ago. So it was nice to have it on the grass. Last year, I tried to get out there, but I had some family stuff. Uh, but this year was nice. Great weather. It was nice to be on the grass and show it off. Got Did you see attention. that uh, electric vehicle? We had talked about it, Susie the and Draco I. The Draco Dragon? Mm -hmm. The Dragon. It was. Did you see that one? It did. It was. It's impressive. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, everything out there is really That's cool. going to be my next car. The good thing for me, well, I say good, but it was kind of fun, is my car is originally a 1954 Corvette. That's oh. what it's tiled off of. That's the base of the build. So I was put in the Corvette section, even though my vehicle looks nothing like a Corvette. Oh, the so, Corvette Club. Oh, my, oh my gosh. The Corvette Club eats you up. Yeah, there was this one guy, he's at, he's at his arms crossed. There's there's nothing about this that looks like a Corvette. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was standing right next to him like, well, it is. And he's like, oh, that's yours? I'm like, yeah. And then when I tell him the story. Oh, that's Everyone funny. Now, here's the question I have for you. Did you drive it in or oh, yeah. trailer it in? Oh, no, I drove it all the way. Drove Good it job. In, drove it out. That's yeah. not a trailer queen. He, he, no. Greg, don't mess around. No. And I'm he, glad. But it was a good, it was a good long distance for oh, me I to bet. take my car. It's been a while. So, yeah. But yeah, going back to your topic and your question, Frank, it was a great weekend. It was nice to be out on the grass with the car, with the weather, some great people. You know, uh, Stuart was there from the Vegas concourse. Peter was there. Um, you know, caught up with a few people I knew. So it was nice to be out. Yeah, raising money, of course. Uh, if you guys want to check it out, back in 2021, when we first met Mr. Greg Ovist, February 28th, back in 21, we hugged each other and said, holy cow. <laughs> uh, that's episode 219. If you want a little more about the vehicle, um, very rare, one of one. One of one. Yeah, you guys that's can awesome. check that out. I think it's a pretty cool story because you didn't have the technology when this thing was built and it was built like one. It was built in the, had to be 54 to 57. Yeah. Rain 1954, 1957. So it was real old school and, and pretty, a pretty clean vehicle. And then also on YouTube, 
Thank you, by the way, for subscribing to our Wrench Nation YouTube. Uh, there is a video, I don't know, within the last year that we've got. I uh, want to definitely give uh, Greg Ovest the highlight of this vehicle. Uh, something that I ran across, which I which I find, and I, and I a lot of you are not aware of, and this may be a win for the automotive technician, and I think also a win for the consumer, because I believe there's funny business when it comes to factory warranty. Now, some of you are going to, so for example. Original it, factory warranty. Right. So if you're, you got a vehicle, three year, 36,000, let's call it a Hyundai, six year, 60,000, whatever. Um, you take it in, like we've had it, you take it in, we find something and we say, hey, that's under factory warranty. You take it into the dealership. Most of you don't realize factory warranty paid to dealer, paid to technician, paid to mechanic is not regular time. Uh oh! It's much less. So I'll give you an example. Hmm. Let's say there's um, a fix for the uh, drive shaft. Let's say that you get to change out the U joints, updated to an updated design. Customer doesn't pay anything. Yay! It's under warranty. So let's say the book time called for two hours at a buck fifty. So let's say it was three hundred bucks. I'm making these numbers up. Three hundred bucks. Well, the book time for factory warranty is a lot less. It could be one. Point six. So the argument to that, a lot of folks would say in the industry, well, those guys see that repair day in and day in, day in and day out and day in. They get really good at it, and 1.6 is plenty. That doesn't matter. I don't believe in that. I think a technician should get paid, period. That's right. Now, it doesn't mean the dealership is trying to chump the technician. It's just the labor rate standard as dictated by the manufacturers. Well, guess what? Warranty labor rates are subject currently by a new Colorado bill. This is fresh off the presses. Lawmakers in Colorado introduced this bill out of part of January this year, and it would regulate reimbursement practices for automaker warranties. So they're putting pressure. They're putting pressure on the manufacturer okay. to pay. It would increase compensation for repairs under warranty. Now, a lot of my technicians can relate. Um, I mean, really, sometimes the book time is just crazy. I remember working back at uh, Chevrolet, uh, Lou Grubb Chevrolet, way back. How long ago was that? Uh, 1952, whatever it was. <laughs> way back. Um, and, and anyway, I got there as a young technician, and I was nervous, right? My first real job, really. And I get in there, and I see all this big Taj Mahal and just this huge shop. I came from a small shop as a little apprentice. And I walk in there, and... I met the service manager, you know, obviously I interviewed. I get in there and I see all these big posters and plaques, metal plaques on the mm -hmm. wall. Bob Jones since 1942. Like I saw people there, they were older, and I got to know at the dealership there were, at that time, I still think it is the same. There's a heavy line department, drivability. There's a trim department for, you know, upholstery. And, and I met the heavy line guys. Most of those heavy line guys, their backs were all tore up. But they were pulling Chevy Astrovan engines out. The book only paid like six hours. Oh, my. Oh, wow. They were round trip. The Chevy Astro, that 4.3, started in the morning, done running afternoon. Wow. Now, to give you a perspective, like everything has to come in place. Like you can't right. have goofy supply chain. Like all your parts got to be ready because that's the biggest argument in the aftermarket right now. And even at the dealer, there's some pipeline issues. But back then I was like, Wow. So that's the argument. Like these guys know without compromising the repair, 
not shortcut. I don't want to use that, but I think they used a transmission jack. They devised some sort of plate. <laughs> they backed the tranny out and scooped the engine backwards. Mm-hmm. You know, and it came out. But my point is, this would be a win. It'd be interesting. I want to follow this case to see if this bill in Colorado sets a precedence um, mm-hmm. to increase labor compensation under warranty. That's crazy. That's a good question. Most of you don't know that. No. So be nice to your mechanic exactly. and your service advisor. <laughs> uh, Susie, tell me what's happening in the weird section of the situation of the news. Yeah. So I, you know what, if you're ever sitting at home and you want to probably order some, I don't know, food delivery, right? Everybody's done that. Oh yeah. You know, but and overpaid. Oh, well you might've overpaid, but have $4 you, to deliver over $3 <laughs> drink. <laughs> have you ever over ordered? Um, like accidentally? No. So a man in Michigan actually was um, starting to hear the doorbell ring and order after order after order, just a string of cars were delivering food. It was like, you know, sitting on his porch and we're talking like jumbo shrimp, salad, shawarma, chicken pita sandwiches, chili cheese fries. Everything was coming. Everything was coming. It was all coming. The whole neighborhood of restaurants. That's right. It was all coming. I I would like that. Well, yeah. You know what? And then, uh, Dad. Unless I have to pay for it. I know. Well, (laughs) this is what happened was, you know, he was just like, what's going on here? All this food is being delivered. Um, He got a a notice from Chase Bank and they declined like a, uh, you know, for fraud. $437. But that came after $1,000 worth of food was ordered. Wow. So what happened? Why did he, what What was the glitch? Anybody out there have a six-year-old son? Oh my goodness. Did he redial that or did he repost it? Or Dad what, what gave did he... the six-year-old his phone oh. to keep him busy for a little bit. There See? you go. <laughs> the he app was, was still open. Don't ever underestimate don't do your that. six-year-old. You guys don't give those six-year-olds enough credit. Right? <laughs> Now, see, that six-year-old I'd invite into the garage. Exactly. <laughs> I don't care about child labor laws. Right. I would ask him. I said, you know, if you're this savvy to navigate $1,000 worth of food, I'm going to teach you how to do a clutch job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so cute because when mom and dad scolded him, he was just like, dad, did the pizza come yet? That's all he had to say. Where's my pizza? <laughs> Unbelievable, man. It's this craziness. A six-year-old ordering a Thanksgiving dinner for just one poor guy. But I'm serious. I'd hire that six-year-old. <laughs> That's funny. I want you guys to stay tuned. We are going to dive into what you've heard. I need fluid flushes. You go home. You sit down. You talk to your spouse. They told me I need fluid flushes and I need maintenance. How true is that? What's the guideline? We're going to break it down next on Ranch Nation. One of these days, ain't going to change. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me? My clients, and they're likely not to come back. Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you. Partsauthority.com. Support for Wrench Nation Car Talk, the smart choice for auto parts, Pronto National Association. Pronto is committed to the independent automotive aftermarket and demonstrates leadership within the automotive industry. 
Pronto Association is made up of nearly 100 member auto part distributors. Visit pronto-net.com. Automotive technical training, parts lineup, and representation of the automotive member community. Pronto-net.com. 52% of the population family are women. We love you ladies, but less than 3% of you women are professional technicians. Charity partner Tech Force Foundation believes if we want to solve this little technician shortage, we need to start talking to 52% of these ladies out in the population. Head on over. If you feel like you can tinker with the best of them, head on over to techforce.org. Bolt-on Technologies Automotive Software Solutions. Auto repair shops that have bolt-on technology software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. I want my mileage back. Of course you want your mileage back. And all the extra money you've spent feeding an engine gunked up with carbon. Your car needs its fuel system cleaned, and it needs it now. You need BG44K. It's the one dealerships use the most. In fact, they use BG44K almost 3 to 1 over any other fuel system cleaner made. To find a shop near you, go to BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. I got my mileage back. BG, BG. You say I'm too young to love you. I don't know what I need They think I don't understand The freedom land of the 70s well, Welcome back, Ranch Nation. I uh, want a big shout-out. Sending our regards, the whole Evit family, to Todd Ramsey. Todd Ramsey's oh, yeah. uh, been a contributor of the show. Uh, we met some time ago. Greg, you've known him. Susie. Mm-hmm. He's battling some health concerns, and so we're we're sending him big up prayers, and uh, hang in there, stay strong, and uh, we miss you, brother. Hang in there. We're gonna have you back in the studio. Don't oh, we, worry. We will for sure. We got a mic waiting for you. All right. So what you may not be waiting for, you may run the heck out of there, is uh, you stroll in for an oil change, and you get your inspection. Hopefully it was nice and organized, a digital inspection. And you're told you need fluid flushes. Like you constantly hear this fluid flushes. Uh, Susie, do you ever get anybody coming in that says, Susie, you know, I love you and everything, but the car wash up the street, Circle K guy, my elevator man told me I need fluid flushes. Oh, yeah. How do I know I really need them? Well, you know what? It's There's a couple things we'd have to look at. We'd have to find the history of the vehicle, ask them if... Um, you know, any of the flushes have been exchanged before. Right. And, um, and, and for sure, like back to maintenance manual. Owner's manual. And then we're going to talk further about that. But I figured we start with engine oil. Absolutely. Because a lot of you are like, I'll change oil whenever I say so. <laughs> <laughs> and I want you to look up Toyota class action lawsuit. I, I read some of that. Yes. Toyota. And don't quote me word for word. But some of you are like, I'm going 10,000 miles with my oil. Some of you were told that mm-hmm. by the used new car salesperson back in, this is uh, 2007 or so. Well, a lot of those motors end up having sludge, and they ended up needing a motor right after warranty conveniently. Absolutely. So the oil change, I cannot tell you guys. So as you get a lot of situations that could have been avoided in the garage because of the lack of. Oh, yeah. The changing. Yeah. 
And a lot of you saying, well, Frank, that's all you mechanics do is you tell us we need to do our oil change. It's a, You want to put us out of business? <laughs> Listen to what we say. Honestly, that's the truth of it. One of the most important things to do. If you stay timely with your oil service, you probably put some of us out of business because guess what? We won't have the repairs that stem <laughs> from your neglect. So if you really hate your mechanics, stay consistent. That's right. <laughs> stay away from them. We won't be out of business, but you get what I'm saying. So engine oil is critical. And um, Justin, go ahead and play. We're going to do a little Jeopardy. I think we have some oh fun. Oh, boy. I'm going to ask you a question. As it pertains to engine oil, this question is for Susie Sockets. Let me hear this Jeopardy. I This is a dance floor classic. <laughs> All right, Susie, I got a question for All you. Right. My check engine light will come on, and it tells me it's time for an oil change. Is the check engine light responsible for an oil change? So this is a trick question. True or false? I'm going to say what is false. All right. You're right. But. I should have put a maybe in there. But <laughs> there, there are some check engine light codes that actually do require to start with an oil change. This is correct. Mm -hmm. If your oil level's low, let's talk about this because I would say the logic for you listening, you guys have a maintenance light or bell and whistle. Separate from a check engine light. Separate. Now that's cyclical. That means it's time to come on. It's like that little baker oven chime. Ding! 60 seconds. Pizza's ready. Uh, 3,000 miles. The light comes on. It tells you whatever, or 6,000 or whatever. Some Depending on what the engineers decided to do with the cyclical. The check engine light typically does not, first and foremost, tell you that's when you need an oil change. Because what I see a lot of you doing is you'll come in casually sipping your Mai Tais. Oh, I just need an oil change. My, my check engine light's on. <laughs> now, what you're saying, Susie, I'm going to allow you to explain that because you're a rock star. The engine light could come on with an oil issue. Correct. But now you're going to ask me what, huh? Well, you do. Uh, let me talk to come the on, technician. Frank. Come on, Frank. Um, if your engine oil is low, will the check engine light come on? Yes. Right. So that could be an indication, mm-hmm. depending on the situation of the vehicle. I just don't want you listening to take the check engine light casually because guess what, people? Just like the oil change. If you take it casually, you keep us in business because now we're repairing <laughs> big money repairs. Uh, so put us out of business. If the check engine light comes on, you take that serious. But that engine oil just as well, obviously, is going to keep that engine from sludging. You know, that oil breaks down to a point where it's like, honey, Greg, you ever pull a dipstick and you're like, dang, this sucker's sticky. Yeah, it's all gross. Sticky. It's all over the place. Now you don't even have a dipstick. I know. <laughs> Some of these cars. A lot of you get upset. You think you got a you got a defect from the manufacturer. Like, this car don't come with the truck don't come with a dipstick. I gotta admit, I was embarrassed when I asked where the tranny dipstick is on my new truck. Oh, because there isn't one. Hey, we've yeah. dan- we've danced with it in the yeah. garage. I remember there was a transition. We started seeing these. The Europeans have been doing it for a while. And there's nothing like a technician. You're like, Wow, why is Bob taking so long trying to find that? You know, he's digging, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so engine oil, you've heard it. Now, what I will tell you is this. The big question then becomes, all right, Frank, great. I want to keep timely. What interval should I have? Now, I'll speak to the desert, Arizona, Phoenix particularly. And, and actually, I'll speak for a lot of you. 
most of you are not driving normally. Not meaning you're not normal. (laughs) It means that you're stopping and going. You're in traffic. That's severe duty. So you want to at least once, twice a year is what I say. Remember, people, engine oil change. I'll get that six-year-old to do that mechanically. However, the inspection is what you want to know. So don't treat that engine oil like you would a cheeseburger drive through service experience. You want somebody to inspect the vehicle. So that's what I say about engine oil. Yes. Greg. I like it. Have you anything to add to engine oil, Greg? Do you feel like people, the world could be a better place with proper intervals of all changes? <laughs> it, it would just make the world so much easier if everyone followed their maintenance. All right. Yeah. The next big I do one. have something with engine yes, oil, though, yes. if I can. Give us a story. So uh, after an oil change is performed on your vehicle, some vehicles actually just have like a, you know how you reset the engine oil light and uh if we set it for like five thousand miles um sometimes it'll come on sooner sometimes it'll come on later per se because some vehicles are manufactured with just a like a a one interval like a it's it's reset right so what i would advise is your sticker well not only the sticker too but a good outfit will Get you on the schedule. What we would do in the garage, and a lot of you admired this. We Initially, I felt like, well, we're just going to annoy people. But we'd we'd pre-book your appointment. Oh, yeah. So if you came in in June, we knew sometime December, whatever, six months, we were going to remind you, uh, bribe you, (laughs) buy you whatever you want (laughs) to. Anyway, we would have you come back into the shop for another service. And you, most people are happy with that. Right. And those calls that come in when that reminder goes out is two things. Um, I don't need an oil change because I haven't gone that many miles. And number two, I don't need an oil change because my oil light reminder isn't on. Now, this is a good Mm. question. Again, I go back to normal and severe Mm -hmm. as practice. And it's going to be a hard swallow. A lot of you are like, Frank, you didn't engineer this vehicle. Why why are you? You're a liar. Why are you telling me? (laughs) That light tells me everything. It tells me how much weight I lost. It tells me what I need to do. And all I can tell you is... The interval, a safe bet, five, 6,000 miles. I don't want to see a lot of you doing 10,000 miles. We've seen what oil looks like at 10,000 miles. Now, if you're the one odd, you got all the special treatment, depending on how you drive, maybe so. But if you do that in a continued fashion, you're going to sludge. It's going to it's gonna turn into like brownies. Mm-hmm. Um, so five, 6,000 miles is a safe bet. And that's full synthetic. Some of you argue, ah, I just need semi-synthetic. It's less money, of course. And, uh, you know, you're going to be in there more frequently. But the bottom line, I think, either way, get the concept of changing oil fluid out of your mind and start thinking about, I need to pit stop and have somebody look at my vehicle. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to change the oil. Right. Remember that because a lot of you running around with stuff, man, I didn't even know that was happening. Of course you did it. You shouldn't. You're not a professional. You didn't have somebody look at it. So wouldn't you want to know that? So, you know, I don't have a direct answer as to why, um, other than that's how it's built into the vehicle. Right. I've had several Cadillac owners, they're like, you know, and they would come in six, seven months later and I just cringed. Yeah. Because that's hard on us because we don't want to argue with you. Like, okay, it's your vehicle, but we're going to show you a few case examples. I do revert back to this Toyota class action lawsuit, but that's a good point you bring up. Thank you, Frank. Justin, is your oil change due currently in the situation of your vehicular hoopties? My car? Yeah, are you due? Yeah, my thing's flashing. 
But funny story about Wait a minute, you got lights flashing? It's not a UFO, man. You got a... Seriously? It's weird. It comes on like when I brake, but then it'll like go off when I accelerate. That's a different... Is it brake light? Not the oil light. The oil light. It's probably lower. You got an oil pressure issue. So I'm going to... But I have a Kia, so there's all kinds of issues. With Kias are like those tanks we're sending out of Ukraine. They've been, <laughs> they're bulletproof. Don't right? worry. So a funny story about... No, but you need to check the engine oil I will. level. I will. Um, our recruiter downstairs, her daughter's starting to learn how to drive. And she's like, Mom, the light's on the dashboard, but they're not lights. They're emojis. The emojis are flashing at oh me. Oh, my gosh. And she's like, honey, those are not emojis. How you know funny. what? I say, let her call those emojis. At least she's paying attention. Right. Yep. At least she's looking true. at them. She's not trained to put black tape on it and cover it up. <laughs> that is too funny. <laughs> but yeah, so remember that. Uh, brake fluid is a big deal. We're going to go to brake fluid. It's essential. Uh, essentially, it's hydraulic fluid. It allows you to brake nice and firmly. It's like a comfortable mattress. You know it's comfortable every time. Until the brake fluid gets dirty, grimy, and uh, you have some contamination now, I want to point something out. If you walk into a garage or dealership with this statement, they may want to hire you. What is brake fluid? It's hygroscopic. What does that mean? Brake fluid's designed to fight what? Moisture. Moisture. And so if the brake fluid is neglected, that's a problem because you're going to feel it. Now, what symptoms could you have? You can have a little brake pedal fade that pedal is just kind of spongy it's not sinking to the floor all the way because that could be another hydraulic issue right but it just doesn't seem to grab like it should like i said it's like that mattress spring that's popping at you (laughs) if i could use that as an analogy so the braking system is a hydraulic system but you're talking about hygroscopic hygro hygro moisture that's what it is moisture it fights moisture can you use it in a sentence i'm kidding yeah (laughs) brake fluids are hygroscopic period (laughs) that's all you need to know that's the word of the day hygroscopic not hydro as no like hydraulic with a g yes i don't have the definition as to why they chose the g over the d but the point is um moisture is the enemy now how do how you want to know in your mind some of you want to not just be told but you feel more confident as you should if you're advised on how these things are actually tested. They are test strips. And if you're inclined to do this, Justin, if you want to do this on the weekend, you go to your local parts house, they buy, you get a little test strip, you dip it in the fluid like it's ice cream or what have you, and you pull it out and it will change a color. And that color will dictate, I forget what color, it'll tell you if it's time to be replaced. We use them in the garage. You can also use a voltmeter. Not commonly used. Check this out. Three-tenths of a volt, 0.3. So you take your positive lead, put it down in the juicy juice of the brake fluid, you ground it out to the master. As long as it's not aluminum, you got to find ground. And if you can measure above 0.3, it's time to change. Wow. I didn't know that. Yes. I didn't either. That was a Jeopardy question. We didn't, it would have been, but yeah. I have a Jeopardy question. <laughs> I know I wrote this down. But no, that, that testing, my understanding, is uh, more common in Europe. Because we don't, we don't use that test. I've never heard of it. But since I just found that out, I'm going to offer that to all my neighbors. Hmm. I'm going to walk around with a voltmeter in the middle of the night. <laughs> Once that fluid reaches 3% moisture, the boiling point has fallen to 140 degrees Celsius. This is referred to as the wet boiling point. Just know how often 
Should you change your brake fluid? Well, I tell you to have that little test done every oil service. There are variables depending on uh, dot four, five, or six. That's uh, the the synthetic arrangement uh, of your particular vehicle. So owner's manual may dictate a different time. We like to test it every time. We don't want to take check because guess what changes people? What if you or someone else left the cap slightly Loose open to the brake fluid? Guess what's happening? Air, oxygen. Yeah, right. So would that change the interval? Yes. Oh, yeah. If you're if you come in and say no 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 I don't need it it's thirty thousand miles we still got to check it because if somebody left that cap so always during that oil change oh. uh, we got a Jeopardy question uh, Justin hit the band is with us go ahead. Well, shoot. I just gave you the answer. That's what I said. It was supposed to be a Jeopardy question. I gave it away. Sorry. Bad radio, dude. That's right. It's a daily double. All right. The question was, <laughs> let's see if you were listening. Testing brake fluid for the presence of moisture can be measured with a voltmeter. True or false? It's Greg's turn. What is? Well, wait. What kind of vehicle is it? Is it true it? or false? This is an easy what one, What kind brother. of vehicle is it? <laughs> It's a Ukrainian tank that has br- it's any an vehicle. What is it's, true? It's an oh. EV. <laughs> anyway, you guys had heard that. So anyway, just remember that. Get it checked. And yes, uh, personally, I haven't tried the voltmeter thing. We should try it. Yeah, we I, and The test that. strips work really well. Yeah. Why? Because then I can attach that to a photo and do like a before and after. A show and tell. And make sure people are cool with it. Yeah. All right. Speaking of cool, coolant. Uh, is your Kia Justin? Is it filled with antifreeze? Do you know of this situation at this point in time? Uh, I believe so. It, it the, 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 the gauge seems the gauge fine. Is in the middle. <laughs> he says, and, and that's a good thing. A lot of you will do that. You're like, well, I don't need to go in the mechanic because my gauges seem to be all comfy and cozy. Okay. So I'm going to use what my brother says. My brother's an over the road trucker. He says, run to failure. A lot of these trucking outfits, not all, do not proactively maintain. Now, they'll follow some guidelines. But some of those truckers and you driving that Kia will run to failure. But that's an expensive failure. It is. But my point is, you are looking at your gauges. Nothing's broken. Right. Well, how do you keep it from breaking? (laughs) How do you keep yourself from cavities? You maniacs, you brush your teeth. It's the same with fluids. Susie, you've seen some situations with coolant. Oh, and yeah. that's like, coolant is like blood in your arteries, man. Oh, yeah. If you if you don't have enough of it or if it's aged, it's a problem. Yes. Can you tell the people, Susie, what does engine coolant do? It actually, um, so the cooling system, it serves like, Three important functions. It removes excess heat from the engine. I don't like to be hot. Right. Um, second, it maintains the engine operating temperature where it works most efficiently. Happy motor. And let's see. And finally, it brings the engine up to the f- right operating temperature as quickly as possible. Well, that's another concept a lot of you uh, may be experiencing. We've seen it in the garage. Uh, it can happen. Age coolant and you get a check engine light. Mm-hmm. and you're not getting up to operating temperature, and that changes fuel trim and things like that. But the two basic things is to keep that motor cool, or for that matter, if you're in a high country, 
Uh, if you have water in your radiator without any antifreeze, it will freeze. It happened to me firsthand when I was a dingback in technician. <laughs> I drove this Thunderbird up to the up to the high country, and the following morning it was drag starting. I pulled the radiator cap like a big shot, and there was uh, ice slushy. Ice like, slushy. Pour oh some my. food coloring, and we got a slushy, a Seven Eleven slushy right now. Now on the opposite side, when you're in extreme heat, water kind of evaporates, right? I mean, it, it doesn't freeze. It's but it all about it's all about that boiling point. You mm -hmm. know, water x amount of boiling point. Um, you should, as a rule of thumb, and a lot of the pre-mixed uh, stuff, it'll be 50-50. Uh, I will say this: what's advanced? If you're if you're parked somewhere and you see like pink or blue, you're like, man, I've never seen pink or blue fluid. This must be an alien or something. <laughs> Isn't there a difference between the pink and the blue? There is. My point is yeah. it, it comes with many, like there are many different colors. There are. Um, and I will share with you, some of us used to have kind of like this universal coolant, but we reverted back to just keeping factory coolant. So we went from one or two blends to like a multitude of blends. Yeah. So I know like Asians, that, uh, Asian vehicles, they it, it pink, right? Mm -hmm. And then... Um, What's another one? Um, uh, well, Toyota Red. Yep. Europeans, I've seen blue. Blue. Mm -hmm. Just know if if you got a wonderful looking bright kaleidoscope of colors underneath your ride, it's probably, <laughs> probably going to be that antifreeze. I mean, we went from green to fancy. Yeah, we got fashionable. I think the coolant system engineers got bored. They just wanted to make a little bit more of a statement. Yeah. They got fashionable with the colors. And you know, and don't forget, it is poisonous to animals. Well, I was going to do the Jeopardy question. Yeah, Are you ready? Is that a Jeopardy question? In regards to animals. Are you okay. ready? Hit it up, baby. All right, here we go. Antifreeze can kill cats only when drinking a large amount, like a pint, a gallon, or above. True or false? What is false? Well, how big's the cat? You stop. <laughs> That's a good question. You stop. If you said, well, Frank, if it's an 800-pound lion, or whatever, lions are more than that. Depends but. how big the cat is. Will a cat have to drink a lot of this antifreeze? No. A cat just has to drink a little bit, right? You're right. I want you to be yeah. aware of this. A lot of you working in your driveway while you're spouse is yelling at you over some cracked six-pack of beer, whatever you're doing, <laughs> even a relatively small amount can prove lethal to these cats. One teaspoon. Ugh. Some of you got a whole pile of antifreeze sitting there by the drain on the street. You're like, I had to dry up and go away. Mm -hmm. Be careful, man. Be careful. Yep. We need our cats. We maybe. do need our cats. I'm not a fan of cat, but I don't want to go out there it's and It's still a living antifreeze. thing. Yeah. Uh, the cat specifically will have a problem within 24 hours. And if you don't treat it, it's going to have fatal issues to that world-famous kidney it really needs. Mm -hmm. Remember that, just a spoonful of antifreeze. So please, if you are draining your coolant system, contain it. All your parts stores, they have these little buckets. Uh, you can actually go out and buy at Home Depot, get one of those concrete buckets so it's really wide, slide it under the car. We don't need any fluids in our environment, people. Save the cats. Save, Save the, cats. the cats. All right, we're going to move on to the world-famous <laughs> power steering fluid. Some of you have been told, well, you need a power steering flush. That's a big deal. Yep. Greg, if your power steering fluid is aged a little bit, I imagine you may have some morning sickness with the steering. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we call it. 
At least that's what I call that's it. That's what you call it, Frank. <laughs> I don't think that's a technical question <laughs> or a statement. But what you will experience, uh, and I've seen this, especially as the weather changes, it gets a little cooler. You got a little stiff steering in the morning. I call it morning sickness. It seems to get better during the day. And you're freaked out. A lot of you freaked out like, this is major. I'm not going to see these people. I'm going to wait for it to fix itself. That's one concept people have. Yeah. It'll get better by itself. Yep. So we kind of give you the good news and tell you, hey, it just needs this teeth cleaning of a flush for whatever, 80, 100 bucks, depending on the vehicle. Or if you're inclined, you want to do it yourself, you can do that. But power steering fluid is important for the safety. Now, this this does kick it up notches for uh, your advisor, your local mechanic, dealer type. Because guess what? Like brake fluid, it's safety. How would you like to have your steering really lock up in a turn on an intersection with eight buses waiting at you? Yeah, not In the opposing direction. Now, that sounds more like a bad alternator. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) Well, yeah, anything. In fact, that that whole intersection thing um, you talk about really having your heart drop down to your you know little toe on your foot. Uh, power strength fluid, take it serious. And it's not an expensive ordeal. Mm-hmm. I've seen neglected fluid cause lots of money in repairs between the power strength pump and the steering gear. So if they mention power strength fluid, you can ask for a test sample. You can test it and follow the owner's manual as to when it's replaced. But again, if you want to put a mechanic out of business, like your local dentist, <laughs> stop brushing your teeth. That's right. Now, what or, color or is start power- brushing your teeth, yeah, start, I should say. Yeah, yeah. Now, what color is power steering fluid? Yeah, it can be clear. If it's really dirty, it can have a little brownish tint. That's a good question. Uh, and here's another one. You mentioned it last week. And, you know, yeah, I'll be honest. We've had mud on our face, and maybe the technician was too quick, and he just did a mileage recommendation without looking. Some systems do not have hydraulic. It's electric. Yep. So that fluid, you don't have to spend any yeah, It's not serviceable. No such thing. Nope. No such a thing. So remember that power steering fluid is a major link between the steering wheel and the front wheels and the peace of mind, safety to everything. If you're going to plan a honeymoon and your power steering fluid is not legitimate, your honeymoon will not work out. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Boy, uh, here's some other symptoms. Bubbles in your power steering fluid. Some of you have that. It's aerating and it'll whine. <laughs> Yes. Now, a lot of you like, I don't want to know anything. It's not my business, but I'm hearing the whine. It's aerating. It could be low. You may have a leak. Take the leak serious. Now, some of you adding the fluid, you come in and everything's wet underneath. It looks like Exxon Valdez underneath your car. We look at it and you look at it like we're crazy. And we see like eight gallons of power steering fluid in the trunk. Well, we know you're, you're topping <laughs> you're it off. Something. Yep. You're topping it off. Yep. I get it. Stuff can be expensive, especially if you got a vehicle that's just like next week. I'm I'm getting rid of it, mm-hmm. or it's going to disappear. Uncle Louis going to make that sucker disappear. <laughs> hey, you know what? I have a technical question on fluids since we're talking about it. I have heard that brake fluid and power steering fluid are the same components. Yeah. So Hydro Boost, which works together, uh, I can think of GM right off the bat, uh, are intertwined, but they're they're specific. Hmm. HydroBoost systems. In fact, you can't have a combination of a real funky pedal. Like you can really feel Mm -hmm. it like it wants to kick back at you. Not like an ABS stop. Right. And so HydroBoost systems that are intertwined uh, with steering. And so it's like a two for one kind of thing. Got it. Uh, Most of your big trucks. I'm not sure why. I'm sure it has to do with engineering and loads and it was just better. 
Sure. Um, you'll find that if you load your vehicle on an aged standard hydraulic power steering system, when you're pushing the envelope of load and steer on a hill, there's more pressure. You may that power steering pump's going to be singing a little bit. <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be. <laughs> it's telling it's a little mad. I mean, that could be an indication too that your hydraulic pump is weak and aged. After all, it's designed to produce the pressure like your heart. And so some of you may, well, forget it. You don't know if the fluid, you just bought a vehicle, but you do notice that, man, this steering just doesn't feel right. One thing I'd advise too, because that's a great question you bring up. And Susie, I think you'll agree. There's a big controversy and um, that's whether you buy an aftermarket hydraulic part or you have to go and buy factory. I will tell you from my experience, especially Honda. And you guys are not going to like this because it's expensive. Uh oh. To replace a power string pump on a Honda can get expensive if you use Honda parts. Some of you, you'll get a quote, six to 800 bucks, whatever it is. I may not be right. It could be off. And what's the first thing you do? You do exactly the opposite of the thing that we told you last show. I invite you to look at that. Be careful on price. You call around and the price sounds good and it's less. Well, is it truly less if you have to go back into the shop because inferior parts dictated you had to go back in two months? And then yeah. on top of it, you may get a story or two, some backpedaling. So from our experience in the garage, Susie, hydraulic parts are really sketchy mm -hmm. with aftermarket. So you may see a bit more. Now, if you said to us, hey, I'm getting rid of it tomorrow, then yeah, we'll still give you a warranty on an aftermarket. But if that's your baby and you're going to keep it, I, I would rather that you save the money, maybe pull some credit, do something do it the right to way. buy the long distance. Now, on some occasions, these Honda Power String Pumps can also be rebuilt. Uh, it does get uh, questionable if you tear it down and the shaft is etched and it's just not rebuildable, which is an inexpensive reseal kit. We used to rebuild everything back in the day. So just keep that in mind. Hydraulic parts can be sketchy aftermarket. And my aftermarket people hate me right now, but it is what it is. Because they come in the garage, Susie, and it hurts us. Mm -hmm. But it is the truth. We want to save people money. Absolutely. We go after the aftermarket. I'm just saying. Yeah. Now, here's another thing to keep in mind, to keep this fair and balanced. we got a few minutes remaining, and we're going to talk about the world-famous windshield washer fluid. <laughs> <laughs> some of you are laughing. I don't need that. That's not safety. You'd be surprised. Um, in some occasions, the service facility will change a power string pump but didn't ensure that they got all the contaminated fluid out. The same with antifreeze. If you're not, let's say you get a radiator gig, you need a radiator, you need to replace it. If that technician isn't doing a whole dialysis, in other words, they're not exchanging every ounce of the old, you could be back in the shop. Yeah. So you as a consumer, what can you say? Well, I mean, in, in, in a nutshell, are you doing everything you need to do to do the job right? That way you're not insulting anyone. I don't think that's insulting anyone. Yeah, it's not. And what's your warranty? And what does that back up, right? So there you go. All right, we got a few minutes remaining, and I figure we cannot forget the most important thing, and I'll tell you why. Well, maybe not the most important, but certainly high on the list. Some of you don't even think about it. Windshield washer fluid. A lot of you are going to get your oil change, and it's in your head. Everything's fine. They topped off all my fluids. Is this true or false? Should you? Play this Jeopardy. Get it up there. <laughs> yeah. Play the Jeopardy. 
Here's the Jeopardy question regarding fluids, which ties into windshield washing fluid. You ready? Is this final Jeopardy? Final. This is it. You get a big prize. Right. You get you get a Wrench Nation coloring book. <laughs> Signed. All right. So windshield washer fluid is the only fluid you should be topping off because it is consumable. Is this true or false? Greg? What is false? I'm going to put you. All right. Susie, you'll agree. Yes. Is this true? What was the question? No, because you don't want to top off. Fluid. He threw you off. Yeah, you don't he want to. Off. See, he's. I, I said think, it with conviction. Yeah, you did. Maybe sounded. Maybe but you so don't here, want to arbitrarily. Let me top re-ask off. the question because we confused everybody, or at least Frank did. Is windshield washer fluid the only fluid that should be topped off, or should you top off all fluids? What is true to the only? It fluid. should be the only fluid topped off. All right. Now, a lot of you have a hard swallow on there. Like, man, I'm, I'm shutting this stupid show off. <laughs> These people, they're not Thanks even lot, mechanics. Frank. They're not mechanics. That was great. <laughs> Let me explain. Valuable stuff, people. Because if not, you're being blinded. A lot of you are, are accustomed to hearing. And I'll call out professionally those places that say, oh, yeah, we topped off all your fluids. There's two things only, and I'll explain why should be topped off. That lonely spare tire in the back should be checked and topped off. Your tires should be topped off and your washer fluid. Tires will change with temperature, so they'll fluctuate up and down. We're getting ready for the warmer season. You're going to see an increase in pressure. They may have to let some air out, vice versa, in the winter. Washer fluid, you use. So it has to be topped off. Mm -hmm. Brake fluid, are you using brake fluid to a point where brake fluid needs to be topped off? No. Absolutely not, people. Those fluids, consider them sealed, done, deal. Unless two things. You got consumption, an external leak, or an internal leak. Mm -hmm. Well, they topped off my brake fluid. You may have an issue. Brake fluid, there's a minimum and maximum. If that brake fluid starts getting down to minimum, and, and someone topped it off to the maximum, you just mask the problem. The fluid should not, there's no consumption of fluid. Get it out of your head. Washer fluid only is the fluid. I've had people come in the garage. Well, Frank, I don't think you're doing your job. You didn't top off my fluids. Well, I will top off your fluids, but if they're low, other than the washer, I'm going to tell you we got something going on. And you know what? That's a common request. Hey, I'm going on a road trip. Uh, can I swing in and you just top off my fluids? We have branded. The industry has branded. <laughs> the consumer, you got a valuable service. We topped off all fluids. But that's the reality, people. Mm -hmm. If your brake fluid is low, in your mind, you're like, I don't care what he says, just top it off. There's a reason why it's low. It should not be low. Transmission fluid should not be low. Engine coolant should not be low. Some of you see the low, you see the minimum and maximum figure. All right, well, it's just, it's evaporating. No, man, these mm -hmm. are sealed systems. So we will certainly top off, but... We are not going to do that without advising you. We may have something going on. Now, if we don't see anything, we're not trying to sell you stuff. We just feel like maybe there's an issue. Let's recheck it in two to four weeks. Or we'll have you keep an eye on it. Washer fluid is the only fluid. Here's another thing about washer fluid that's uh, important to know. And it's a good question. I don't know if you've had this in the garage, but I've had it asked of me. And washer fluid is doesn't cost you much, right? You know. Like other fluids, they start going up in price. 
Can I use Windex as washer fluid in my ride? Cleans my home windows fine. I'm, I'm guilty of that. What? And you're a car guy. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> now, some of I've you got it. Not now, if you, lie. you're like, I don't care. I drive a 72 Chevy pickup. Right. All right, but if you... The Windex includes chemicals that could damage the washer system. And I will tell you, because washer fluid, we just like, oh, that's so minuscule. It shouldn't cost much. I've had ridiculous estimates to replace washer pumps because your little spigots don't work. They don't spray. Yep. I mean, I've had, it comes complete as a reservoir assembly. Yep. It's like four foot long. It travels the distance <laughs> of the fender. It yep. has like a freaking 50 gallon reserve. Like you use that. I mean, it's just crazy. And so what will happen is with these chemicals, specifically um, ammonia, will dry out the rubber. Oh, yeah. So no. Now, you, if you want to do a YouTube video and prove me wrong. Well, I've seen it actually deteriorate the little, the bottle itself and oh, yeah. crack the bottle. Oh, yeah. So. Windex is big time. That's yeah, like, I've seen that too. I mean, it's like my big fat Greek wedding. <laughs> he says spray Windex on everything, right? Didn't he say That's that? That's right, he did. You got meatloaf stain? Yep. Windex. Yeah. You bleeding on your pinky? Windex. That's awesome. But yeah, people be aware of that. Uh, and then lastly, transmission fluid, actually. I don't think we covered it. We, cover we didn't cover we didn't transmission. Cover um, be careful. What I have to say transmission fluid is um, you will probably be advised periodically, uh, depending, study your owner's manual as to the intervals. But that transmission fluid is very important. And the key there is if it's black and burnt, it's neglected, um, the, the industry may argue this, but I'm just speaking from my experience. You could go to a point of no return. Yes. With trans In other words, transmission fluid is like a detergent. Mm -hmm. Your transmission clutches, their fibers cotton-like. Let's just call it that way. And if your transmission is working a certain way and it's gummed up with this old fluid, we remove that fluid. We put this new fluid in, which is got cleansing properties along with hydraulic to make the thing shift properly, we can actually wipe out the clearances between those clutches, create different pressure, and you now have a problem. Transmission problem. It yeah. happened to me at the dealership. Um, I had a a uh, trans service that was dispatched, and I did it. The, I, couldn't, I couldn't get the car to leave my bay. It would not Aww. shift in a drive. Mm. And they all knew about it. They toyed with me all day. I'm like, man, I'm going to lose my job. My <laughs> wife was pregnant. I'm like, just getting started. But that's what happened. That's a classic sign. So I'd rather preach to you on the extreme so you can ask that intelligent question. Some of you will cure a symptom, a uh, slight shift issue with a good old teeth cleaning the transmission fluid. You know, read the owner's manual. They'll give you the dictation on that. Did I miss anything? No, but I'm going to add something to transmission. Yes. So there are more and more transmissions that are CVTs, the continuous variable transmissions. Those vehicles actually need a lot more love transmission. Well, I'll be quite frank with you. A lot of you driving the Nissan have the CVT. I think the CVT is going away, I, I believe. Mm. I don't disagree. With I don't that. think so. I uh, think. I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, you got Subaru, Toyota. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think CVT was a win. CVT was just highly uh, prone to failure. You guys can Google safely, not while you're driving, but uh, if, you're, if you're buying a Nissan Rogue, Nissan Sentra, uh, CVTs have been notoriously an issue. Uh, big difference. Uh, CVT fluid, in, in theory, is supposed to be set it and forget it, is my understanding. But I do get nervous with the CVT. You see in the shop, the interval's what, 60,000? Yeah, and then every 30,000 thereafter. It's I like, see. yeah, you it do it same. at 50, and then every 30. A lot of you don't even know what a CVT is. We're not gonna, 
uh, get into the specifics on that. Just know before you go in to get your vehicle serviced as a guideline, it's not the end all cure all, but that little book that, that, that maintenance manual, it's so important. You learn so much. Yep. You will be a rocket scientist when you're done. A lot of you are not doing that. Or just reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to us on WrenchNation.tv if you have any questions or any of us social, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, we're we're out there. Uh, Susie has one more. I have one more thing. Do you remember last week the weird automotive news about the Tesla steering wheel that came off? off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's an update today. What happened? Ah. Elon replaced the vehicle. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Well, what I understood is the guy went on a Twitter. And he at, did. He did a Twitter poll. Yeah. Should I keep it, let them fix it, or should I get another one? You know what Twitter said. Right. Change this. Get a new one. Yeah. But yep. uh, Elon Musk did honor that. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. This Fair is enough. a happy ending. It's a good one. Thank you, Mr. Musk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, some of these tips. I'm sure you have more questions. Uh, please, if you miss bits and pieces of the show, you got it late. You can catch the podcast, or please, if you're so inclined, our little teensy wincy Wrench Nation YouTube. It's up there too. If you if you want to watch a little YouTube action, uh, we try to stay consistent uh, with our YouTube channel. So thank you so much, Mr. Greg Ovis. Have an amazing week. Thank you for stopping yeah, by. Thank you, and Susie Sockets. I love you, girl. Thank you. Love you too. Guys. Always a good time, Justin. Thank you for monitoring the switches and the handles and all those buttons. And you were great at the Jeopardy. You were so in tune. Yes. Be safe. Who won? Hug each other. Yeah, right. And never forget to hug a mechanic.